Hey folks, the Con Artists here. We're uh, coming to you to talk about our rolling review show, Golden Kamui. Uh, for those who may have been following along, it's the story of uh, an immortal Sugimoto and his Ainu companion, uh, Sirpa, as they try to find a giant mass of gold deep in the north of Japan. Back in what era would this have been? Early 1900s. Yeah, it was like 1906, 1910, somewhere between. I want to say I want to say they dated the battle at the beginning, but I'm not certain they dated when this was actually taking place. I mean, it's okay. it's soon enough afterwards that the army is still like demobilizing, so it must be within a year or two. And so uh, there's a bunch of prisoners that have the treasure map tattooed on them. So a lot of the show revolves around them finding these tattooed persons and then taking their tattoos or copying them or something. It is a uh, Quite violent, but an interesting watch. So who wants to, to kick off with the stuff we liked about the show? I can go. All right, go for it. I mean, my initial worry had kind of been that the uh, show wasn't going to be as violent as its premise made it sound, because, like, the first episode, most of the violence is pretty, like, I guess cartoonish, for lack of a better term. But it's abstracted, uh, I want to say. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah, it's, more, it's somewhat more abstracted, but as it goes on, you know, it definitely becomes a lot more intense, and... I thought that, you know, when it was being about, you know, this, you know, this seemingly immortal soldier fighting a whole bunch of guys who are in no way, like, who are in no way, like... In no way pushovers. Yeah, no way pushovers. People are getting shot, stabbed, like, beaten to death, like, all kinds of just nastiness is happening. And there's uh, one character in particular, Lieutenant Surumi, who every now and then just decides to torture people. He usually has... I guess from his perspective, a good reason to do so, but it can happen like at the drop of a hat now and then. And he just, oof, every scene that he tries to hurt someone in is just deeply unsettling and good job on them for getting that across. Yeah. He's, he makes a good villain as a result. Mm. You never want to see that guy show up. Besides that, I would say the thing that interested me the most was the like historical context of it. It's just a time period in Japan that gets touched on now and then, but I can't remember the last like serious drama or anything that took place during this time period during this uh you know turn of the 20th century uh sort of deal and the little tidbits that they throw in you know talk about the uh the sino uh japanese war and everything that happens with the ainu people uh it does get a little info dumpy at times but you find out a lot about them and they're just not a part of japanese history that is really explored in anime to the best of my understanding so that was cool. Yeah, I agree that the, the Ainu stuff was, was very interesting, like a culture that you definitely don't hear almost anything about uh, in anime or otherwise at all. Uh, you're right, though. Info dump, I think, is the right term. I call it, call it show and tell. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, you know, a Sierpa will say something like, what's that? And she's like, let me give you a minute long introduction to the concept. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's, it's nice and all, but there's probably a more organic way to go about True. it. True. I mean, she... It was good. She is explaining it to Sugimoto, who, while not an idiot, is, you know, an outsider. He's just an, he's, other than his, like, fighting prowess, he's an otherwise normal dude. He's not, he doesn't exactly have encyclopedic knowledge of the various native peoples of Japan, so. Well, sure, it's just that she tends to give it to him like an encyclopedia. Very so. true. I think she just enjoys it. Maybe it comes across better in text. Quite probably. We are also, also, we are missing a lot of, like, the cultural context and any history whatsoever, just being that we are neither Japanese nor any of us, you know, studied East Asian cultures. So I guess uh, maybe it works better when you're at least passingly familiar with it. Maybe. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, you know, I like the show did have some humorous moments. They're usually like 
kind of out of nowhere, uh, which makes them a little jarring. But it is on, uh, funny quite often when they do it. So I'll pre- I appreciate that about the show. Like, it's not the normal comedy you get. It's more like uh, like people die in some unusual way and the characters will like laugh about it or get away from it or whatever. Share funny moments that aren't directly related to murder. Hmm. A lot of, I guess, slapstick, I guess. There's the best way to put a lot of the uh, humor. Especially anything to do with uh, Shiraishi, the uh, the escape artist. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, even the last episode, it's like, Shiraishi messes up or something. like, let's beat it with sticks for a while. And I was like, yeah, let's. <laughs> Like, he's even in the ending credits, like, getting bit on the head by a tanuki. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I guess, is a perfect representation of him. Right. Like, everybody else is in these serious poses, and it's like, ah! <laughs> Why? He is, he's useful, but he's also, like, he is, he is useful comic relief. And he kind of gets that he's the butt of the joke, which I sort of appreciate. He's not, uh, he's not exactly being dragged through the mud for all of this. He's like, yeah, I probably had that coming. <laughs> He pretty almost always has it coming. I mean, I also like that they're trying to do an interesting thing with his, uh, you know, plot in that he's now sort of working for both sides. Well, two of the three sides. Yeah, he's like a double agent working for the, I don't remember, I don't even know what he called those guys. The Shinsengumi, uh, yeah. Sure, Shinsengumi, that's good. Basically, for people who may not have caught up on this in the uh, show, there's a... Uh, organization back from Ma- early Meiji era Japan, the Shinsengumi were basically like this elite state police force. Um, you see them a lot in like Rurouni Kenshin and other period dramas. They're very, they're very popular as uh, fictionalized accounts. And this dude is like, he was like one of their youngest commanders, and he's now in his seventies, running around with a katana and a lever action that he swings around like Terminator style, which is kind of rad. And he's got like this whole cowboy aesthetic going on. I cannot remember his name to save my life, but uh, Toshizo. Toshizo, yes. Hijitaka right. Toshizo. Yeah. And he's running around also looking for the gold to like reform the Shinsengumi. And uh, there's the other dudes from the Seventh Division who are breaking away from the army because they thought that they got the short end of the stick following the, uh, you know, the Russo Japanese War. Man, I cannot figure out those guys' plot for the life of me. Like, there's like a hundred of them, and they're going to try to figure out how to do this. Like the whole rest of the seventh division is right over there, and they are not on board with the plan. I think it's less that I think it's less that they're they're like definitively against it, and where they just don't know what's going on, and they hope to solidify enough of a power base so that when they go to those guys and be like, "Hey, y'all want to join us?" Then uh, it's a lot easier to do that when you have a huge stockpile of guns behind you. I suppose like it, it just it, the, the show is not going to done a good job convincing me that their cause is like believable. Understandable. Yeah, I, I agree that that's well, we'll we whenever you're ready, we can get into the yeah, the downsides of the show. But uh, yeah, that that is a fair point. There are some there are some issues with uh, motivation here and there. Let's see what else is there. You know what? Actually, the show did a good job of making me care about the success of the main characters. Because, like, under normal circumstances, like, hey, look at this guy. He's some ex-soldier that basically knows how to kill people and nothing else. Uh, but they actually make him, uh, you know, sympathetic to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you know, they give him a good reason for what he's doing to some, to, uh, to some extent. And uh, whatever, he, he, he takes well to the locals. So uh, good on the show for doing that. Because otherwise it could have been a bunch of, like, gruff dudes growling at and shooting each other mm-hmm. for the whole show. Yeah, and I think part of what helps is the fact that 
you know, not only does he have a good motivation, which is making enough money to uh, help out his friends, uh, one of his friends who died in the war, help out his family. Um, though I will say that's kind of been left by the wayside. We haven't really gone back to that very much. Not that, you know, it's a, not that it's the kind of thing that you can really revisit too often since they're not really characters. They're mostly a plot device, but he also has developed, you know, this loyalty to, uh, Asirpa and, uh, also to her people just kind of in general, he's definitely taken in with them. They, you know, they speak to him a lot more than, you know, all of the backstabbing and politicking that's going on around him when he's a much more straightforward man. Yeah, the latest episode, I think, sort of highlighted that thing. Like, so they said basically it would cost about 200 yen to for him to help whatever his his soldier, his his friend who died in the war, like his uh, his wife get an operation or something. Yeah. And like they said, it would cost about 200 yen. And even in this episode, like, hey, we probably made more than that on the horse races today. Or these pelts sell for a yen each. It wouldn't take that long to get this money. Like we've sort of already gone beyond his initial motivation. Like he could make that money if he just wanted to make the money. Now he's kind of in it to help Asirpa out. Right, and he's not in it for the cash. So there's never really been this sort of like, oh, he has to, you know, overcome his own greed and learn to work for other people. He's always been, if not selfless, he's always been doing this for someone else, which I appreciate. You know, he starts he starts out as, you know, a stand-up guy, just one who's extremely vicious. Hey, he knows how to make it through war. I suppose so. so that's, his, that's his main trait. He kind trait. of carries that with him everywhere, yeah. All right, any other good stuff to talk about? I think that about covers most of it for me. Let's move on to stuff we didn't like so much. I'm going to kick this one off with CG bears. <laughs> like, in the first episode and a couple of others, like, basically nature in this show just hates all humans. Well, for one thing, we're in Hokkaido, which is, like, the northern boonies of Japan in the winter. Like, this permanent winter, as far as I can tell. And... Yeah, bears are everywhere. Episode one for through, like, episode six, there is, like, at least a bear per episode. And they are, without exception, hulking, monstrous CG creatures that look completely out of place in an otherwise, you know, not CG show. Mm -hmm. In fact, most of the show, it's actually, like, the character designs are relatively flat, like, very, yeah. very simplified. It also doesn't help that a lot of the characters are soldiers, so most of them are wearing uniforms. It can be very hard to tell them apart. That's a minor complaint, but I ran into it a bunch of times, you know, trying to recall, is this the dude who got his face blown off, or was this the one who fell in the river? I don't really know for sure, because most of their defining features are, like, in how weirdly their, their eyes, eyes are drawn, are... which, again, probably, probably comes across better in print. Because the manga has been running for quite some time and is still pretty darn popular, so. The CG's not great, but uh, what else? You know what? Actually, as long as we're on the subject, the show had difficulty maintaining its animation quality, mm. I think. Like, there were certainly some episodes in which it dipped down to, you know, sort of comic levels, like eyeballs sort of unfocused <laughs> or that sort of thing. Like, it wasn't bad, but it just couldn't quite keep up the level throughout the show, which is too bad. I'd say... For me, the biggest issue was one of tone. Like, I understand that you can't always be super serious. You can't always be, like, laugh-out-loud funny. There's got to be some juxtaposition, and you got to, you know, you've got to toe that line very carefully, especially when you're dealing with a show with the kind of subject matter where it's like, we're going to find these prisoners, and either, like, if, they, if we can capture them, we'll, like, copy their tattoos, but occasionally you just got to skin a guy. And... You know, going from that, like, Tarantino-esque, like, hyper-violence to other moments where, like, Asirpa at one point eats something so delicious that she 
rockets through the roof of their like lean to and is stuck <laughs> there like just just stuck there like an arrow and for like for like the scene yeah it was like, like she's up there. i won't say that wasn't funny but the fact that it was immediately followed by an episode where a dude I, i'm pretty sure that was an episode where a guy gets like stabbed through the face uh, i don't remember precisely what happened but i know within less than five minutes of that instance there was some really upsetting violent content so I just, I don't think that they did a terrible job with either, but the mixing of the two, the mixing of the humor and the violence could get kind of janky depending on the scene you were in. Yeah, okay, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know what else I thought? I feel like there's, and I sort of mentioned this in one of my reviews, I feel like there's too many characters in the show. Because every time you're like, oh, thank goodness, they've defeated this mortal enemy of theirs that was like a serious threat or was going to kill them or whatever. Like another one pops up immediately to take their place, which gives it the feel that there's sort of this never ending stream of bad guys that are kind of being always introduced. So well, there's 15 more where they kind came of feels, from. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's more where they came from. It never feels that the protagonists have gotten a leg up. Yeah. They've never which made any might progress. be sort of the intent. Yeah. It feels like they made progress. It's like, well, I know the seventh division supposedly that whatever his name is, uh, is leading only has like a hundred guys. But if every one of those hundred guys is going to get a shot at Sugimoto, <laughs> you know, and in suitably dramatic fashion, like this is not a show that kills people off, you know, a bunch of faceless goons run forward and five of them fall down. Like they all fight really hard. Like it, it's just an exhausting number of people. Yeah. Another thing. And I think Brendan, you and I discussed this quite a bit uh, is just the general pacing of the show itself. And I don't mean the overall pacing, like the length that each arc takes. I'm talking episode to episode pacing. Exactly. Like the structure. The slavish, uh, what I believe is like a uh, slavish adaptation of the manga. Um, if I had to guess, and I haven't read any of it, and people in the uh, people listening to this can come on our like website or send us emails uh, correcting me if I am guessing wrong. But I, what I'm, my my theory is that one chapter of this manga translates to about twelve minutes of episode runtime. So, a uh, an arc of like killing some dude could take two chapters, which is an entire episode. But every chapter is adapted in the exact same way, which is a half of an episode. So you might like whether that two episode, whether that two halves of an episode falls in an actual episode or not is a total crapshoot yeah like the entire middle chunk of the series from like between episodes i think three or three or four all the way to maybe nine were being the the arcs were being cut in the middle of the episode you'd have the first half the or the second half of one episode would be the characters come across a antagonist or a situation then it comes to some kind of, I guess, like, not conclusion, but some kind of climax cut off for the end of that episode. And then the first half of the ne next episode would be the, res the resolution of that arc in some way or another. Which means that you defeat the enemy or the situation or whatever, you accomplish your goal halfway through the episode, and the rest of it is either building up to another antagonist or it's just kind of filling time and doing background work while our characters sit around and congratulate themselves on a job well done. Yeah. It's sort of like the opposite of having a cliffhanger at the end of your episode. Mm -hmm. 
Like, I don't remember too many of those middle points being serious cliffhangers. I mean, there were, there were high-energy moments, but I wasn't like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? That's a good way of putting it. Just it just sort of seemed to cut off. Yeah. And then resume. Sort of a, what'll the Duke boys do this time kind of thing. Yeah, like, we're, we're going to, we'll resume right where we left off next time. Mm-hmm. Like, the most, for me, the most egregious one was, uh, well, okay, maybe not the most egregious, but definitely the one that sticks in my head is... There's a point where um, Shiraishi, trying to make himself useful, goes into town looking for information and runs into that huge judo dude, oh my Ushiyama. Ushiyama, this just tank of a man, um, a you know, who's also one of these prisoners, and so was Shiraishi, so they know each other, and when he runs into him, he's like, oh crap, Like I do not stand a chance against this man, he will turn me into sludge, and understandably runs away. And he friggin' like... He, he's, like, throwing everything he can at this guy. He's, like, knocking over pillars of snow, like, jumping over fences. You know, full-on, full-on like, you know, cops Cartoon. Trying, yeah, cartoon trying to evade this dude. And it's a legitimately, like, interesting uh, chase scene. And then at the very end of the at the very end of the episode, he runs into a bunch of dudes from the seventh division and like pulls the ploy of like, oh crap, there's this guy after me. He's one of the dudes you're looking for. You're looking for guys, and they're about to like open fire on uh, Ushiyama, and that's where it cuts off. Like just before <laughs> roll the, credits, roll credits, and then cut back from credits, and like like a bomb goes off or something. Like totally diffuses the situation. It. It was just very bizarre. And again, that sort of thing happened episode after episode after episode. It wasn't until the whole murder hotel episode in episode... That's right, it finally that was fell like, back what? into place. That was kind like of. 10 or 11? Something like yeah, at least 10. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't until that one that uh, they came back to, you know, now we are going to have an entire story arc finish within an episode. Right, because they had like, they did the thing with, uh, gosh, I want to say the guy at the... Uh on the like at the fishery oh yeah something after the, the after serial that. killer dude yeah uh and then like they had one chapter of hey we're meeting this new dude and we're all like plotting our next move and we're all gonna go to like uh Asa- uh asahikawa now and then like that was a chapter and then so the next episode actually got one of these two chapter arcs in like mm. completely yeah so yeah really really janky and off-putting pacing at times Hmm. Anything else that really kind of bugged any of you? I don't know if it's bugged exactly. There's almost like a third category of when an orc is attacked. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that uh, arc with the serial killer at the fishery, yeah. Like, there's this moment they're like, they've almost, he's like, Sugimoto's almost killed this serial killer guy. And he's got him, like, he's stabbing him actively with a bayonet on the middle of this beach and suddenly like an orca whale beaches itself grabs the guy and carries him out to sea <laughs> and like just everyone's like what like only Sugimoto's like we have to get him right now the orca might eat him like everyone else is just staring like that didn't just happen <laughs> like i was kind of like no that what you can't i actually actually had to go back and rewind it I'm like that was that real <laughs> have i have i gone mad is this what going mad feels like? Like, I actually had to go, I actually went and went to Wikipedia. I'm like, how often do orcas attack people? Like, is this a thing? No, it is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that, like everything else in, Hok- in Hokkaido in this show, they hate humans, I guess. I guess. Oh, yeah, because in the very next episode, they're, like, wandering around by a river. Shiraishi manages to fall in, and he is nearly devoured by a giant carp of some kind. Like... This thing was the size of a shark. Like, th- there was not enough river for that thing to exist, but they decided, nope, <laughs> Hokkaido's out to murder you again. Right, he's looking into water that's probably, like, maybe waist deep in this 
you know, this fish the size of a bear <laughs> comes out of nowhere and attacks this guy. Uh, General Sherman. For uh, you Simpsons nerds out there. Um, I was, I would, like, a lot of the stuff was funny, uh, the jokes, but I kind of thought that a lot of it wasn't particularly. There was a lot of, like, just really base toilet humor. Yeah, I thought they, I thought they overdid that. Yeah, I guess it it kind of makes sense from like someone like Sugimoto, who is you know this this gruff soldier type and you know, not the most you know mature uh, individual when it comes to his comedy. But even so, yeah, it, it got yeah, a little like, old. Most of it involved a Serpa too, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe that maybe her people just don't have the same uh, don't have the don't have the same hangups about that kind of stuff. I mean, it's sort of evident by their naming scheme. They name their children like filthy names up to a certain age, so. It's supposed to keep evil away or whatever. That was at least the way it was described. So oh, yeah. maybe it's just scare off the demons. Yeah, maybe it's just a maybe it's just a cultural thing, and they don't they aren't as bothered by it, and so you know she just brings it up much more casually. Could be. Although there was also the episode, like the you know the episode with uh, what the hunter guy. Oh Jesus, that dude! Yeah, <laughs> there's this there's this bear hunter who sh- who shows up and every like third word out of his mouth is something about erections. It is is bizarre right like he's just he just gets really excited about hunting all the time (laughs) like that is pretty much his character that's the most diplomatic way of putting it yeah there you go Mm -hmm. uh it doesn't help that uh one of the like bad guys turned possibly good guys uh has picked up his catchphrase and hopefully will never use it again (laughs) i feel like that was a one-time homage but we'll we'll see he was using the guy's rifle at the time Fair enough. But yeah. he might still be, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, unless there's anything else, I mean, I think we can come to our conclusions at this stage. Yeah, let's move on. Recommendations. What do you folks think? Would you say that someone should watch the first season? Qualified recommendation. I would agree. It's not bad. It's def- it, I was never bored, for one thing, I will say. I was never like, man, this show is dull. There's always something happening and always something to follow. But yeah, if you're not in it for the ultra violence or the crude humor, it might be worth a pass. Brennan? I mean, I do appreciate like the aesthetic and the setting. Uh, but, you know, your mileage may vary. That's fair. As for myself, like, yeah, I, I actually wouldn't. Like, I'm going to go on the, on the lower side of this. I actually wouldn't recommend it uh, as it stands. And maybe it is because the the crude humor and the ultra violence aren't really my my deal, but uh, it just didn't quite grab me enough to say, yeah, you should spend your time watching this show. So there you go, you got two two qualified yeses and a qualified no. Take from that what you will. Well, when the second season comes up in October, we'll decide if we're going to continue following this. And uh, if you guys have been following along with us as well, it's definitely uh, there's definitely more coming, at least as it stands. There's probably going to be more beyond that, since the manga is still running even now. That's a good point, yeah. Well, it's probably going to depend on things like its you know financial success this season, plus how next season is looking. That is we'll true, see. and you know who knows if they end up catching up too fast, and we end up in one of those situations where the adaptation has outpaced the source material. Right. Well, then you get to have the poor marketing guys like, how are we going to monetize this? Like Sugimoto with real finger chop and action? Like, I'm just not sure. <laughs> Pretty sure he's down for that. Well, in any case, uh, yeah. So interesting show, uh, whether you 
decide to you know go all in or not it's it's certainly not boring but uh i'll give it that i suppose we will leave you folks for now and uh we will go out and decide what we're going to be following for the next season when the summer uh season rolls around take care everybody